You are listening to The Three Intuitive Healers with Heather Nicholson, Angela Johnson, and Stephanie Gonzalez. Produced by The Three Intuitive Healers Show. Visit the3intuitivehealers.com for articles and podcast shows discussing our personal insights and sharing our experiences with you. It is our belief that every human is an intuitive and every human has the capacity to heal. We'll take you along with us on a journey of self-growth and healing so you too can open your mind, heart, and life to the healing magic within. Thank you for tuning in to the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. I am your host, Heather Nicholson. Angela Johnston. I'm Stephanie Gonzalez. I'm Bajam Rose as a guest. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) We are so happy to have Ambajam Rose back. For those of you who may not be aware, Ambajam Rose is an embodiment activator, a way shower, a guide, and a healer. And she holds these amazing, one-of-a-kind group power healings that both Heather and I can testify to their effectiveness. And basically what happens is she helps you through her process to accelerate you along your path of healing and awakening and being able to embody your true self. It's done through this sort of quick focus energy clearings and the sharing of guidance that she gets as she's doing this. And it's incredibly effective. It, it, it can push you along your path and speed up your process of growth and development by months or years or sometimes even lifetimes. It's, um, it's also, it always feels like it's tailored to you, even though there are other people uh, supposedly on the, the Zoom uh, or the call I feel like she's talking to me almost every single time. And I can tell you that I have, and I think Heather, you would agree that we have made, yeah. yeah, And we've made this a regular part of our spiritual practice. It has just been incredibly helpful. Mm -hmm. And to make matters even more awesome is uh, she's really cool to hang out with. (laughs) So we enjoy having her. (laughs) That's good. uh, Yeah. Um, we're thrilled to have her back. So welcome, Ms. Amadam Rose. I'm thrilled to be back. Thank you for that lovely intro. It's an honor to be part of your spiritual practice. Okay. Like seriously, to me, that's like one of the highest honors there is to be able to help somebody on their path and that they invite you to do that. Hmm. So touching. Yeah. I mean it. And I know Heather does too. I 100%. I'm there almost Mm. every week. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, what do we got for me today? Oh, ego death? Okay. Yay. Yay. An ego death. Thanks, Abajam. Another ego death. (laughs) Right. You know, I had a couple, and I know we're off topic, but I had a couple. I had the 918 retreat that you did, Mm -hmm. saving it and saving it and saving it. And all of a sudden, this past weekend, it was time. Oh, interesting. And it was it even mirrored the cards I had pulled myself for myself that morning. It was like, wow. Oh, <laughs> so that's yeah. so cool. Yay. It's amazing. It's amazing. I usually listen to them right away. This one, I just, I knew mm. to hold. So thank you. You helped me clear out a lot of stuff this weekend. <gasps> You're so welcome. Yeah. I'm always like amazed. So I've been doing this for like 28 years now and I'm still like, what? Like <laughs> the replays, like spirit. Like crawls, like literally crawls out of the replay to meet you where you are in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't understand how that works mentally. I don't have to know, thank God. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, cause I hear from people who's like, Oh, I listened to a group you did, you know, five years ago and it totally, you know, helped me today. I'm like, it's just like amazing. Yeah. Magical. It's a miracle. Miracle. It really is. Yeah. So, Miss Stephanie, right, do you want to lead us off? Yeah. Since we said, speaking of miracles, you know, we think of miracles of always being positive, something that, of course, we ask for, wish for. But the term dark miracles uh, has recently come up. And I was listening to someone talk about a dark miracle being something that we do not wish for and something that we consider against what we had hoped would happen. But later to embrace it and find that it was actually, you know, our, a blessing in disguise. So. I was going to ask Ampujam, you know, how how have you embraced that? I'm sure mm-hmm. we all have these cases in our lives that we were so upset something happened or didn't work out, only to have then the growth to look back, reflect, and to say, wow, how lucky was I? Not then, but now. Always. It was timeless, but now I get it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I can speak to two kind of over overview experiences. So before I had a connection to the truth in my heart, it was like hell. I didn't have that place of guidance, even though I was going through something horrible. I didn't have that. I was just freaked out. And um, then awakening came along, <laughs> and which is interesting because, you know, you would think, yes, I had my gifts all these years, but I still hadn't had my awakening yet, and that's different. So I was still very identified, of course, as just me. I'm just this. I'm me. But when awakening happened, it opened me to my heart, and it gave me a whole other deeper friend, I could say, or, or place to go to get information of what was really happening underneath my emotional, mental world, right? And so my heart would say, like, everything's okay, um, you know, hang in there, <laughs> stuff like that. And so even though the emotional, mental part didn't change, because sometimes knowing the truth doesn't change how you feel emotionally at all, might give you peace for a second, but then you're like right back in triggered, right? The truth in my heart was right every single time. Like mm -hmm. when I look back, it was right every single time. And so I learned over time that even though I'm going through something just horrible, the truth in my heart is guiding me through it. And then when the horrible thing was over and years later or months later, I was in a different experience. I was like, dang, man, my heart was freaking right again. And Time after time after time after time, having enough of those experiences of my heart being right, my heart being right, my heart being right. Now when, you know, let's say years later, now my heart tells me something, I'm like, this is right, <laughs> right? It doesn't change my situation quicker. Um, but so I found, you know, the heart. I found me or spirit or, you know, heaven inside my heart to guide me along this this thing. And it's so interesting, like doing readings over all these years of, and when somebody's going through these like horrible things – you can see from spiritual perspective that it is, there's a glory to it because it's breaking somebody open or it's clearing something that really isn't true for them anymore. Or, but in as a human, you don't experience the glory. You experience just the, you know, horribleness. But every single thing that we go through, through, through my own personal experience and doing readings is all for a reason. We just don't know it yet. And it's, trusting and it's trusting and it's trusting and it's trusting and it's trusting and to know that trusting doesn't mean you don't feel scared and angry or frustrated or heartbroken it means you're going through something for a specific reason for your healing awakening soul evolution and how do you trust that <clears throat> you know and, and how many times has the caterpillar butterfly analogy been used like forever right mm -hmm. it's true you know when that caterpillar goes through or we birth out of our mothers or even just going to the gym and you're lifting five pounds and then the 10 pounds is heavy and then 20 pounds is heavy and then 50 pounds is heavy, right? There's all these metaphors of, of these, of growth, but it doesn't feel good necessarily, you know? No, no. <laughs> you know, it's interesting when you say that, especially with the weights, it's a matter to me of attachment. If you're attached, mm. the dark miracle, the pain, whatever is taking you from this perceived future. If it's a, you broke up with the guy you thought you were going to marry, or you didn't get the job or your illness, all of a sudden, you know, because you, you were attached to this concept that you thought you were going to have or experience, and now it's taking you away from that. It's it's what the Buddha say, right? You, you if, As soon as you can detach, then you can just be in the moment and experience it and see what's there. When you're lifting a weight, you're not pissed off at the 25 pound weight. You're no, it's doing its mm -hmm. job because you're actually attached. You're, you're looking to see what the results are going to be. But we're in, when we're in this pain, we're so wanting to hold on to what was. It's like, let go and see what it's trying to create for you. Now that's obviously harder when you're dealing with like a real illness or, you know, there, there, there's some things where, yeah, right. the metaphors are cute, but it's right. truly terrifying. And I don't want to belittle that. But if you, you know, this true spiritual masters can really just let go and just say, oh, okay, I was wrong with what I thought was going to happen. Let's sit here and see what's trying to be created. And I think that's why it's so much easier as you get older to go through heartache because you've lived through it and you're like, okay, got it. Did this dance before. Let's see who I'm going to be after I'm done with this. I don't know. That's just kind of what you had me going in that direction 
Yeah, it's hard. I think one of the hardest things as a human is to translate your knowing into your everyday life, right? Like, (sighs) how do you do that? You know, AKA embodiment, right? This is what we're Mm -hmm. going through now. Like we have this truth of who we are in every day where learning through direct experience of how to be, how to be this, right? And I think like also allowing yourself the space to feel your emotions, you know, like I was going to move in with this guy. This is like, I don't know, 18 years ago or something. My boxes, my boxes were packed. I gave my notice and I'm moving in like the next day and he calls me. He's like, you know what? Nah, basically. Wow. And I hung up, <laughs> I hung up the oh, phone. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> hell no. I hung up the phone and I am freaked out. And I'm like, something in me was like, I'm just going to give myself permission to be freaked out and upset. And I called my landlords and they said, stay longer, blah, blah, blah. But I would go through these moments of like, I'd be like making a bagel and all of a sudden I would be like, that's bleepity bleep bleep, dude. And I would like feel like I would go, I was going to cry. And this is when I was still learning like how I can just allow myself to feel my emotions without fixing or stopping or waiting or, and so I would like, in mid bagel toast, you know, I just like stop and I'd get on the floor and I would bawl my eyes out and scream. And then like a, a few minutes later, like it was done. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll have my bagel now. <laughs> and I learned like, Oh, if I feel my feelings fully, huh? That works <laughs> instead of trying to yeah. manipulate or make them something else or trying to be, you know, the stupid spiritual teacher or whatever. It's like, no, these feelings are real. And this dude left me high and dry. <laughs> You know, pretty much. Yeah. So that's, I think that's a part of it too is, you know, how do you feel your feelings? 101. Feel your feelings 101, right? Yeah. Because we're not taught how to feel our feelings. We're taught how to stop feeling them, don't trust them, get rid of them, you know, all of that from our upbringing and stuff. And it's the rare person that has those parents that can help them feel what they're feeling, right? Well, and also, like you said, don't be tied to, you process, let it go. You're done. Go have the bagel. It'll come yeah. back. Don't worry. D- you don't have to stay in it. Right. Not? Right. And and that's, I mean, something that family teaches us, right? Because those are relationships that they just keep coming back. Like they're attached by rubber bands. <laughs> you know, it's like you can go in a distance, but they're going to come back, especially with the holidays coming up. It's just like this, the, they are excellent sources of training when it comes to feeling your feelings and then letting it go out. Don't inflict your feelings on other people, but don't also deny your feelings to yourself. And then can you be in the moment with the person that's in front of you? Because they've gone through changes too, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's so important to realize you can have your feelings. You don't have to inflict them on other people. You can have your feelings. And then then it's how do you act? How do you act? But in the midst of those, in front of someone. (laughs) Yeah. And not act and punish them for what, you know, you're feeling. It's so hard for us, you know, as humans, we want to hurt them as much as they hurt us. And so stopping, mm. I you have to get to that point first of just wanting to stop. Like, nope, that's okay. Give me a moment. <laughs> well, and I think too, like, like knowing, like Angela was saying, your feelings are okay. Like knowing, mm-hmm. if you know this, not mentally, but if you deep down in your, your body, you're like you, you know... I'm in front of somebody and I'm super triggered right now and I'm super upset and I'm betrayed or I'm shame or whatever it is. And if something in you knows, wait, but this is okay, it allows for more to happen in your space. Like, yeah. I'm these feelings are okay and I'm having this experience with this person. And I think, you know, like we were all just talking about how do you be around people, you know, in the holidays and family and, and there's so much history there that your system is already preparing for what it thinks is going to happen again, you know? And, and I think with words, it's really hard to direct somebody of how do you be present with somebody that is upsetting you, knowing that you have to see this person. You can't just say, no, I'm not going. Like you have to go, let's say it's right to go. Everybody's going, you got to go to this thing. And I don't think there's enough words in the world to tell somebody how to be with that. Mm -hmm. In a way that, like, somebody might be looking for. 
Like, oh, okay, phew. Now I'll just do this, this, and this. Okay. Because when the fire is hot, fire is hot. And when you're triggered, all this stuff doesn't matter, right? All this, it just, and I think, I think the more, A, giving yourself permission to be messy is a, is a big one. And knowing you can feel how you feel, but I think a lot of it is this expectation of how you should be. Like I would have this client that would say, I'm, I still get really triggered with so-and-so. And I'm like, and, and I shouldn't be because I've done all this awakening and all this work. And I'm, I'm like, exactly. and you are though, like you are still triggered by this person. And this, it's this idea that creates so much stress for us before we go visit somebody that we have, like there's this idea of how, how we should be. And if this person says this and I'll do this and then I'll do that. And then, oh my God, it's so much. Especially if you're on the path. And I think one of the most helpful things you ever said to us was that you get angry and you get still get triggered. You know, so I can walk into a room and think, um, but John still gets triggered. So that's <laughs> going to be fine. You know, and I, I don't have to carry along that, you know, that like, okay, well, it's I'm an idea. walk in and yeah. I'm just going to be, because then it's spiritual bypassing, right? right. Oh, I don't feel right. anything. Right. Bless right. you. It's like, no, Bless you. <laughs> you're, do, you know, it's just like, come on, especially with family. You're like, oh, hell no. You just did that again. Did mom see this? You know, it's that like, that's the reality. And, yeah, and then, and then, yeah, you leave the situation. And you, there's like two of you. Yeah. There's this part of you that's narrating, you idiot, you shouldn't have been like this and blah, blah, blah. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but I was like this and they were like this. And, ah, if my clients like, ever saw me, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the spiritual idea, I think, oh. is killing us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're missing the actual interaction as it is in a certain way. And the other person is probably doing their story too. I shouldn't be this, or maybe I should. Who knows what's going on with that person? But, I feel like if we can just have space to be to be how we're going to be, feel how we're going to feel. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Change some of the language, you know, the the term is always uh we should all over ourselves. Right. right? And right. instead of again the expectations uh of what you need to happen, if you come from a goal like for me, I really embrace the intention of peace. So I go into it without expectations of how I need to be my goal is peace. So I know how I'm not going to be because I don't need my peace rock. It becomes less about what I need you to do for me, less what I need to do to make everyone else happy and just go through it. Perhaps it's, I don't want to say it's fully disingenuous because the goal is still peace. And if I'm behaving in a, in a way that's going to bring me peace, it's obviously going to just, you know, de- or how do you say, um, deflate, you know, maybe a situation if there's been uh, problems in the past, that's, that's me and my energy will affect others to just do the same. And, and that's how I think if we all just remember that we're responsible for ourselves, period. And Mm. that again, that should, Mm -hmm. we don't, if if you really don't want to go somewhere and we talk about, gosh, sometimes you have no choice. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know about that because yes, it's terrible if you don't show up perhaps in a family situation. But if you really cannot get through it without being angry and making everyone uncomfortable, then maybe it's a gift. You know, maybe somehow it's a gift to everyone and yourself that you not participate. If your goal is not peace, I don't know. Mm-hmm. How, how you know, would you handle that? I, I was just in that situation because at first I wasn't going to go home for Thanksgiving. Um, and I love Thanksgiving, right? I got married around Thanksgiving. Like this is my favorite holiday. And there's just some family members, God bless them, that just for whatever reason at this time, it's not an easy, it's not an easy hang, right? And, and I just got into, into my head that I, I just wasn't going to go back. Now, granted, I was sick at the time. This was last week. And, but when I got better and I thought about it, cause I talked it over with my mother, who's very supportive, but I know she wants me to be there. And I know that she hasn't seen all her children together in two years. And, I had to put myself aside. Now, it was, for me, the right thing to do was to put myself aside and think about how happy my parents are going to be to have us all there. Because ultimately, everybody does get along. It's just, you know, everybody has a whole dialogue going on in their head about what they're not saying versus how we're doing that. But I knew in my heart of hearts, it was the right thing to go. Now, other times I have pulled out and said, you know what, the right thing for me in this Mm -hmm. case... 
I need to take care of myself in this case. And so I think it's this dance, um, Stephanie, to your point. I think there are times where it is the right thing, not, not only for yourself, but for everybody to not show up. But you know when it's the right thing and you know when it's the right thing to go. And so you, it's just you got to be brutally honest with yourself especially this time of year, you've got to be really honest with yourself about what's the motive behind what you're deciding to do right now. Um, and can you bring a moment of grace to somebody else? Or do you need that moment of grace and you need to just back off? So yeah, for me, when I, I know when I'm running, yeah. And I'm like, dang it, I got to go to this thing. I don't want to emotionally, but it's true for me to go. I don't want to. <laughs> and it doesn't like, Knowing it's true for me to do something, like that's the words I will use, like, is this true for me to go, even though I don't want to? Yes, it's true. Like, my heart's like, yes. Could be the opposite, too. Emotionally, I might really want to do something. My heart's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, that's just how I live my life every day. I, I, I have to, for me. And it is challenging when there's this obligatory, this obligatory thing, you know? And I guess, like... I guess I keep just going back to like, if you have this relationship with yourself and like, that's kind of what I feel Stephanie was saying about peace. Like if peace is, is your focal point and if we cultivate relationship with ourselves, when we do go into emotionally charged situations, we have that spot. And then I hear a spirit saying, when we get triggered emotionally, we automatically assume, Oh, I've lost myself again. I don't have myself. Mm. And they're like, <laughs> they're just kind of laughing. They're like, no, <laughs> you're still there. And, right. And I, this might be a different subject, but I, I think the other thing too, and this happens to me every now and then, not all the time, but every now and then I'll like, I'll go to plan something out or think about how I want to create something. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, wait, I, 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 wait, where am I actually in, in myself now? Am I who I was six months ago? Am I on this automatic way of approaching and looking and, and like feeling into something? Or do I, am I actually in a different spot? And I don't like think this way. It just kind of happens because I'll go to do something and something in me is like, wait, are you sure this is where you are? And then I'm like, actually, no, I'm not sure. Let me, let me check. And I, it's like this, this, we go through these deep changes, but our mind doesn't necessarily catch up yet, right? Of like, where we actually are in ourselves. And so from what spirit had said of like, when we're triggered, we automatically say to ourselves, or we can, right? Like, oh, I've now lost my connection to myself. Or it's, it's like another interesting question of like, where actually am I within myself nowadays? And how would I live from here? What's here needing? Yeah. Versus I'm just on this automatic pilot of what here was, you know, even a week ago. And it, and like I said, for me personally, like I don't go through those fundamental changes like every day. It's maybe three or four times a year. I might catch myself. Like I just said about, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I'm actually not in this me anymore. I'm, there's more space or there's more truth or there's more heart or there's more embodiment or there's more awakening, you know, words, blah, blah, blah. Right. But there's something else that's deeper now. Now what? How do I, how do I live from here? And how do I drop this? automatic referencing that I'm still doing. Like, oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm this. And what else Spirit is saying, too, is that <clears throat> it's kind of hard to describe. Um, we give we give so much more things importance that we don't need to when we don't realize we're doing it because we're in this habit of who we still think we are. And so this is important and that's important. And obligation is important and speaking up for my truth is important and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, is it though? Do those things really even matter anymore? Or what's really, what really matters now? You know, cause even like, I gotta speak my truth. That's not the end all be all. That's an emotional charge that needs from, you know, pain and trauma needs to then speak up for oneself, right? But it, that's not the end of it. That's just healing. It's part of it, right? It's part of the path. But, but what we give, um, we give all these things importance, and, like they really mean something. And I need not to go to this thing because it's like, okay, wait, <laughs> these yeah. things even matter anymore. Am I still there or am I different? And what is the space in me and how, how does it want to live? You know, it's just I interesting. Like that. Um, Coming from a huge family, 
when you said, I have to speak my truth. I remember I didn't want to go to an event because I was like, mom, you know, da, 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 da. and I'm like a 23 year old who knows everything. Right. Right. And mom just being like, I understand. Um, and I'm like, but you don't believe what they were. Why would you show up too? Which is like, because sometimes you have to put in the time. Like she's just gently telling me, letting me have it, knowing that eventually I would be 50 and I could look back and go, Oh my God. What was I, you know, and it's not that I still don't need to speak my truth. It's that I can hold, com- I can encompass that other people have their truths and let's not shove it down each other's throat. Let's, you know, you learn to coexist, right? So, so, and yes, sometimes it is coming from genuine pain and genuine truth, but a lot of times, at least in my story, it's just been youthful ego that thought the truth was a capital T and it was actually a small T. So maybe what I can do is be a little more compassionate, both with myself and others, and just not come in with guns blazing and knowing it has to be this way. And just maybe just see, like you said, where am I now? I'm, I've grown, I've changed. Um, especially, I think we were all talking about it uh, at some point, um, not today, but in previous conversations, how, especially around October, there was this sense of this newness, like feeling like a new version of ourselves mm-hmm. had come online. And so what does that mean? How is that person going to be interacting at the holidays this year? Because I couldn't even like verbalize how I felt different, but something had you fundamentally changed. Yeah. Um, so it's just so important what, what, you, what you're causing me to sort of think about is it's just so important to be present with the you you are now and give an opportunity for the people you're with to be the them that they are now because if you're not the only one who's changing. Can you just be really present and really see what's in front of you and react from that? Now, they may be the same, you know, and you might have to just say thank you very much and move on to the next person at the party, but... You know, the, can we really be present with who we are, give the opportunity of the person we're with to express who they really are at this time? I don't know. Heather, Stephanie, what do you? I think of it, I always think of um, that kind of work as bullfighting in that when something's coming after you, right, right to you, when you learn the dance of grace and ease of yourself, you just gently move to the side. You know, you don't cuss out. You don't confront. You don't lose yourself. You don't change your vibration. You just let that force go right past you, you know, and it does nothing to you. And it's really just becomes very fluid. Now, very hard to stay in that state all the time, of course. But when you're really fully present with yourself, like you talked about, your goal is peace. And you don't have expectations of how other people have to behave it becomes much easier, you know, because you see them with compassion instead of seeing them with blame, you know, and, and your goal becomes, look, I'm here to support my mom and dad who are getting older. I'm here to see my nephews and nieces, whatever. If someone comes at you, just move to the side mm-hmm. and just go back to the focus of your, your intent. Now, again, if you're not in that mindset, it can be very difficult, right? But again, that's giving us ourselves the control because that's that's where our full capacity to have the life we want is is right with with each of us and um we forget that we forget that when people trigger us rile us um and when we expect maybe too much you know both from the external and the internal from ourselves right as as well as from others yeah how do you be the the fool in the tarot card mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. right and it's like well, you can do it in meditation but when you're there and you just make it okay like this too is okay. A trick I actually use is what if the person who I'm having the problem with <laughs> forgot the incident? Because if I can't pretend that I forgot, right? Because I'm reliving it. But if they've quote unquote forgotten, I often find that my defenses go down and I can just talk to them because there is a, a huge part of me that's ready to just forgive and forget and move on. But we always feel like, I, at least I do, like, they haven't moved on. They still think they've, you know, won or whatever it is. So I do that little trick of like, what if they didn't, what if they had amnesia and they just are greeting me? How would I greet them? And all of a sudden my defenses go down and I just, you know, have a conversation with them. I don't know have if that's spiritual ever, bypassing. Speaking to that, have, have you ever had that when you did create a big old scenario in your head, you did have maybe some issues in the past and you come in with your ego, you know, and that whole just waiting for their move and that person has the grace <laughs> And greets you kindly. 
Yeah. And then you're like, God damn it, they beat me to it. Okay, <laughs> how was I doing it, right? Uh, now, and then there's a whole now, you know, you, you turn it back on yourself and you wish, why couldn't I have done that? Why couldn't I mm -hmm. have just moved on like they did, you know? And those are, again, uh, opportunities for us to, <laughs> to just keep working at it, chipping away. Well, in, in our family members, not all of them, but, you know, the, the super special ones is where our, you know, our deepest karma can come from. So what we're experiencing in family is super deep. It's not just, I fell down the stairs and I'm scared of stairs. It's, yeah. they're triggering our deepest healing journey of certain situ of certain emotions, let's simply say, you know? So it's like, I just feel that that's a reminder too. Like some of these family members that we have mirror and trigger our deepest, deepest, deepest pain that we haven't reconciled yet. But when we do, Ambujam, isn't it just the greatest glory? Because mm -hmm. I really believe, and and again, I don't I don't think I'm lying to myself. I really believe it. It is my truth anyway. When you heal a situation with a family member that used to get you triggered and get you caught up, it is such a healing, wonderful mm -hmm. freedom. And you yeah, know you're never going to go there again. You're never <clears throat> yep. going to go there again because you can't. You you don't see it the same way. You don't feel the mm -hmm. same way. And there's such Oh gosh, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, so then I look back and I go, how, how lucky was I to even have mm. those issues that brought me to the point where the healing was done on my part, period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On my part, because that's where it only could be healed, you know? Yes. And it's so, so beautiful. So, um, you know, I'm not looking for any more of those, but you know, because <laughs> they are, it's, it's a lot of work. And, but I mean, I have plenty, I'm sure, because you sometimes you don't know that it has to be healed to that level. Until it gets mm. to that grow crisis, that, right? You know, right. That, ugh, um, you just unfortunately get in that habit of confrontation or dislike or whatever, and it's wobbly, right? A, a cart with its broken wheels, until you realize this is just not healthy. This is so either, you know, you're done with that person, and if they're family, then perhaps you can't be. It's time to do the work. It's time to, you know, to get and and that. And I, maybe we don't like to use the word fix, but it's time to heal that part of me. That is hurting, right? Yeah, and I just keep, like, as we're talking, I just keep having this feeling of this big, limitless space. space, And it's like, all these things happen within that space. And I, la I laugh. Can I, I bring something up? Because I'd love to hear your perspective on this when you're talking about that limitless space. Okay, so... Um, there's, there's just someone in the, in the family, um, not immediate family, but just someone I've always long been triggered from and by. And it's so funny how this, I don't even see this person, but this person will show up in my dreams. And for the most part, it's always negative. It's always me being confrontational. And it's probably because, uh, I feel all this misopportunity of, right, what I should have said. So when you talk about this limitless space, even in our dreams, we have the capacity to go in and to heal that, right? Mm -hmm. Do you see that mm -hmm. as, as something as well? For sure. Yeah. How, how would you use that opportunity? <clears throat> um, well, I'm not like a dream person, so I can only speak from my personal experience. There are certain dreams that you have, you just know it's not a dream because it has a different energy to it, <laughs> you know, and um, those experiences kind of stay with you in an interesting way, you know, throughout the day or, um, you know, and I just keep it's not so much of an answer to your dream question, but like, it, it's interesting, like, no matter what we're talking about today, I just keep seeing this image of spaciousness, 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 space, and it's like, we don't control the space, we don't try to understand the space, we don't, it's like everything just keeps happening within it, and it's, can it be okay, in a way that, because when, when people say, like, oh, it's okay, and then there's an idea of what okay means, like, oh, I should just stand for not being treated well then, it's like, no, that's, it's too small, it's too small. There's a, there's a space of aliveness, awareness, consciousness, where everything's happening, right? It's all happening within it. And it doesn't make it right, wrong, okay, not okay. It's like a greater almost surrender we need to have instead of focusing on one thing or this or that or this or that or this or that or this or that because it gets just gets endless, right? Like, oh, I'll hear this issue and then, oh, this one pops up and this one pops up. It's like, oh, my God, like how do you not do that? forever. Right. And I was saying this, um, the other day about when 2022 comes and even now we can feel this and we have felt it throughout the years. We all get to these points where we've changed so much. How we've been doing healing isn't working anymore. 
right? We're like, oh, the yeah. old isn't working. I don't know what the new is yet. Mm-hmm. But focusing on these things isn't doesn't feel right. It feels tired, you know? And I just feel like no matter what we're talking about today, I just keep getting this image of like this surrendered space, not not to be um, giving your power away, surrender, or making it okay when somebody is dishonoring you. But how do you address it more like largely versus focused on this little thing? Oh, you said this and I feel this. It's like, well, what else is there? And it's hard to describe what I'm saying with words because there's really no words to it. And I think when we get into 2022, because there's going to be way much more space, way much more higher consciousness. And and whenever we go into higher consciousness, it never feels that way because it triggers all of our stuff, right? Yeah. But I just feel like there's another way. There's just another way. And it can only happen within the person of how do I... It's like, how do I meet my life and everything with this deeper space in me or this larger space in me than not my little mind and my little condensed self that focuses on all these little problems or problems? There's something else. There's something deeper. There's something bigger. And it's coming, you know? And when we're there, we'll just be there like everything else. Like, it's easy to look at something that you've not experienced yet and have an idea of what it is. But when you're in it, you're just in it, right? But I just keep feeling this deep, like, fluid lack of a better word, okayness, like there's an okayness to whatever you're going through. And it's not emotional. It's not an emotional okay. It's like a deeper okay. And there's a deeper, you know, and I'm hearing from source, God, spirit, like every single thing that we're experiencing, we've created this. Mm-hmm. And um, we forgot, right? We forget. And so if we focus on like one letter of the alphabet instead of the whole alphabet, we're not seeing seeing everything we need to see, you know, and being human and having a mind, of course, we're all very focused, you know, everything like stills down to this one little spot that it's like, if I could only fix this, I'd feel better, my life would be better. And it's like, no, I know it seems that way. (laughs) But something bigger is happening. And within us all, you know, and how do we make space for this bigger thing and to be led by there that has no words, like it just doesn't have a word to it. The only word I have is like this warm, spacious, base where things don't have all these labels and like it's not staccato mm-hmm. it's more lyrical or it's more um it's deeper it's wider it's it, it's not um conceptual do you see it as just love you know the essence of love do you ever feel like you are just love when you're in that moment of connection with the divine or do you not even label it even that word um that's a really good question for me personally it feel I, I don't i wouldn't call it love I, I i like the word space just keeps it feels spacious feels like i'm that you know it energy almost, it almost reminds me of, of of planetary system we're all planetary systems moving around each other and you can be that space in between of the planetary mm-hmm. systems mm-hmm. and that's what it kind of reminds me of all these things that are interacting with you're just planetary systems moving about so if you can picture yourself being a planet with people being your your planetary systems along with these emotions just weaving in and out and then here's this expansive space that you're just floating in yeah and that expansive space for me personally is more what i experience than the love feeling where at times that love is very strong but i guess for my being like the default that's always there is that space that you're like it's just like this endless no oneness everythingness space is that the void that people sometimes talk about jumping off into the void? I think so. Because for me, when that void first came that I shared about in the, uh, my first podcast with you guys, yeah. it feels like that. Like for me, the more, quote, healed I get, more the more like healing I do, the more stuff that heals for me, the more I drop into that space like automatically. Just kind of, that's like my path is like something that has had my attention, re- releases, heals, shifts and then oh i'm back in this like no one no one's here yet something's here space yeah am i to understand that is that as you become the space are you less ambujam or actually more ambujam no less becomes less because you're not identifying right with the physical or the ideology of who ambujam is you become everything else which is undefined yeah limited infinite And for me, it's a huge relief when that happens because I don't want to be myself. It's too effortful. It's too stressful. 
I have to plan my life. I have to be worried. I have to be happy. I have to be relieved. I have to be sad. I have to be, have to be. And for me, when I drop into that no one space, I'm like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> I know that space is what's living my life anyway, foundationally. And so when I can connect to that, let's say, and fall into that or merge with that, for me, it's a huge relief because I know I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to um, do it. Something I was thinking about in meditation this morning was the word claim, because we're all source, right? And so we're just as much Gaia as we are ourselves. Mm. It's But we claim aspects of our personality when we're like, okay, now I'm going to be Angela. Now I'm going to be this. And I just this morning thought, okay, what if I could claim the aspects of me that are Gaia? Like, what if I could just do this meditation mm. from Gaia? And it's that same sort of concept, like just letting go of who we are, and then maybe not even claiming to be anyone, just like, just let go of. And when I would hear something, I would think, no, that's something Angela knows. Mm. Let, let that go. Mm. Or I'm feeling the floor. Well, that's, that's the floor. And, you know, just like let go of all that and just, yeah, be in that space and, and just not be for a little bit. That's. And, and for me, because of my psychic abilities, I can get really frustrated because I see the space and I know that's, what I want more than anything mm-hmm. is to fully be that and let go of everything that I am. And yet when I'm like, so I'm in that space and all of a sudden a thought will come and I'm like, that's Umbo Jam, right? <laughs> and then I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm screwed after that. The second I have a reaction to the fact that Umbo Jam is back, <laughs> right? And so when I see it psychically, I see, quote, me, unquote, and all these feelings and parts of me and pieces of me and images of me. And then there's the space. Like I'm looking at a tunnel almost, let's say. And the tunnel is the space in front of me. And then I feel like I'm looking at the space. Me, Amujam, is now looking at the space, right? Mm-hmm. And when I just focus on the space, Amujam's gone. And from the space, the space's perspective, looking at me, it doesn't give a shit that I still feel like an Amujam. It's like, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. It's all included. It's all part of everything. No big deal. But when I'm Amajam again, I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm back in the little me that has fears and ideas and concepts. And, you know, and when I can see that psychically is when I can get frustrated because I know what's going on yet. I can't quite not. And that's when I have to remember myself, like what I'm saying here is like, and this too is okay. And the second mm-hmm. I do that, I go, ah. <sighs> Like, I just stopped grasping again, right? In those moments when I'm like, get frustrated of, I just want to be that space. And I'm like, well, the part of me that's saying that is, is not it either. Right? Have you ever and done the opposite where you're like, myself oh, I'm, up. I'm so good. I'm really doing this. Right? <laughs> and it's like, well, now I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There's a teacher, Adya Shanti, who teaches awakening. And he just did a video about presence i think he called it i can't remember what it was but he was like you know when you're when you're in the unknown and then your ego will be like i wonder how i'm doing how's this going <laughs> and it's I'm like nailing yeah, this. yeah i'm nailing this i'm nailing this unknown thing yeah and we've all been there right of like and for me that's when i can get frustrated when these layers come up and i'm like like how do i get beyond this mm-hmm. and just even saying that means i'm stuck again right and that's okay and yeah mm-hmm. I, but for me as a personality I just want what I want, you know, and I want to be there already. And I, like, I get it, you know, I know what I'm doing. And at the same point, I can't get out of my own way in those moments. And then I remember, okay, I'm in my own way. Okay, phew. Whew, that's okay, too. (laughs) I'm just, I'm talking about all this, too, because it just happened to me last week, because I'm going through my own shifts and my own deepening and stuff. And, and this, just this deep desire to, I guess I could just say merge. I don't have a better word of, I don't want to be this person. I just don't. Mm-hmm. And even that in itself is messed up, right? <laughs> but I just, you know, you just go through these spiritual experiences where you just want the truth. You can't help it. Like everything in you desires to be free or embodied or whatever the word is. And it's like this deep desire. And um, it just trips you up because then you can get attached to what you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet you can't help that this deep desire is emerging out of you yeah. too. Right. Can you can also I be curious? If, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Heather. I was going to say, can you also be curious about it? Like instead no. of beating yourself up? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 
strong. Because I'll do that too. I'll say something and I was like, huh, did you hear that shit come out? Oh. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that curiousness, like when I can refine that again. Yeah. It's so healing, right? Like it's like a healer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I'm all like, I kind of get this image of like when I'm Popeye the sailor and I'm all like, I'm going to go get that space. <laughs> and there's no curiousness to be had. <laughs> right? Yeah. So can the space, formerly known as Ambujam, attend <laughs> a Christmas gathering? Meaning, do once you decide you're going to interact with people, you're back in ego again, right? So yeah. yeah. With the space with, there, with, though. Okay, with this, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But if you're conscious of who you are, Ambujam, integrating with your family, that space cannot be recognized. I mean, it obviously never goes away. But so the question being, do we only get into that space when we're in a space that mm. requires nothing of our physical mm. right. so that we can go into it? I think what you're saying, what I've experienced is that is the dance, right? So in meditation, we're all by ourselves. It's so mm. much easier Let's say, and even then it can be hard if our mind is going blah, blah, blah. But yeah, when we go to interact again, like the second for me, I, when I open my eyes, I'm back and ha- and, and really making that okay too. Like I'm back now. Okay. The space is right there behind me, let's say, or in me, but I'm back and now I'm interacting with my husband or I'm, and that's okay. Like one of the things I've experienced too through all these years is becoming more okay with myself. Like, oh, I'm still blah, blah, blahing. Oh, well, that's okay. Where years ago, I didn't have the, relationship with myself, I guess I could say, to cultivate that foundation of when stuff's happening to be like, this is okay. Mm-hmm. Or before I would just judge it, let's say, like, it's not okay. It's not okay. I got to fix it. Blah. And I, it's interesting that you say that, Stephanie, because just the other day, like when I'm going through this deeper thing that I'm going through and then I open my eyes and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like I'm back, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, but this is, this is it though. Like this is it. Mm-hmm. And then I was really just starting to be with like our ideas of embodiment are all messed up because it's an idea, it's a concept. Like, what if this is it? What if this is it? That's the farthest you can get meaning. That's the the least or the most detached you can get. Maybe this is it. Is that how you're saying? No, or- like, what if this is embodiment instead of my idea of what it is? Like, my idea is I should open my eyes after meditation and stay in that space no matter what I do and interact from idea. that space. Gotcha. Yeah, my gotcha. idea okay. is that. So when I open my eyes and that's not happening and I'm back in my human self, let's say, I was like, well, maybe this is it too. Well, yeah. wouldn't it have to be? I mean, if we're yeah, exactly. born on earth it would have to be. and we want this yeah. experience to escape, it would be what we call death, mm-hmm. right? Because as long as you're here, you're learning, you're growing, you're experiencing, you're yeah. creating. And as soon as you're not, you're somewhere else. I, I may be doing the same thing, but not on this opportunity, right? This plane, this dimension anymore. So yeah, and it's like... To catch yourself, like when you're in an idea of what it should be versus what it is, right? Like, are I, these ideas you gave yourself, or ideas you adopted from other mentors, from life? That's a good. Uh, I think they just come from within, because when I'm when my eyes are closed and it's just me, and there's just this vastness, like no one's there, like Amujama isn't there. I I I expect that now I'll go from here, like I'll live from here now. But then I open my eyes. And the vastness is still, like we could say, kind of behind me. And now my personality is like full on, <laughs> like it's back. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, that's okay now. Like that's, but I think it's my own idea of this is how. And before I had my awakening, I was around a lot of people who had had gone through theirs. And for whatever reason, I had this idea because of how their energy was, like it was kind of neutral in a way, or um, like I wouldn't say the word peaceful. It kind of felt neutral, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that neutrality gave me an idea of, oh, when I have my awakening, I'm just going to be in the truth all the time. And I'll just have these short sentences to say. <laughs> and they'll be so profound because it's just this neutral <laughs> truth. Sounds like Yoda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then, like, you know, years later, I'm like, well, that ain't true. I'm like, <laughs> but I really thought that. Like, I really, really 100% believed because of my um, experience of these people that I was around that that would be what it would be like for me inside myself. Like, I would feel neutral all the time. I would see the truth for what it is instantaneously. I'd be like, that's an emotion. 
that's your mind, that's your childhood, and there's the truth. And I just thought that's how it would be. And when it wasn't that way, I was like, wow, like my mind is so wrong, which was a mm-hmm. relief. Like for whatever reason, for me personally, I get a lot of relief when I'm wrong. You I'm like, yeah, hold yourself to those expectations. Yeah, another so concept what? that's bullshit. <laughs> oh, sorry, can I swear on this? You sure can. Well, yes, okay. of course. God damn so, it. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're real ruffians, aren't we? Ruffians. <laughs> so hip. Yeah, so I get a lot of relief when I realized I'm wrong. Not like when I'm spiritually wrong. Not when I'm wrong, like with my husband. <laughs> when like I'm wrong, totally like that, it. I will defend. Yeah. <laughs> but when I'm spiritually wrong about something, I'm like, yes, because it shows me how wrong I actually am, like how much my stories are such not, they're not true. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, phew, that means any story I could have about anything isn't true. Yay. It's yeah, It's so freeing. Yeah. Because even the good ones aren't true. And so I'm like, cool, I get to just be like in this unknown space. And Can I ask, can I ask Abba Jum on that? Because what comes to mind is true for you. Would you, would you accept that? True for you, meaning... You know, if, if any one of us want to continue on that, that ideology and work mm-hmm. in it ourselves, it could be our truth that we're going to be um, in that space, regardless if we're feeling human or not. Someone may go on where you said, oh, no, I've already I've already concluded that's not true. But that's true for you. At yeah, this true time for me. In this moment. Correct? Yeah. OK. Because, yeah. right. We're, we're, we're all doing our own experiment yeah. of ourselves. So there there is no one way. There's certainly no one recipe nor one result. Correct. So for you and your experiment. Yeah, for me love, and my experiment. You when I love when it's I love wrong when I'm you. wrong. Yeah. Okay. I love when I have had a story about my life and I gave everything to that story because I believed it what it was. And then <laughs> and I have this like deep relief of none of my stories are true then. Good. And then what? Do you go back to the lab and, and you start creating again? You know, no, I just... The ideology, ideologies, where, where do you begin from that point? I don't mm. begin you again. Don't. It's really? just like, shh, it's done. Ah. Just be. Yeah, and I'm like, phew. Like, because, like, but, energetic... But, see, but, but I'm sorry, I guess I'm, yeah, I, I, I would love if you could clear it up. Okay, so you say you don't, <laughs> you just be. But then, yeah. as we were talking earlier about that space you try to attain to, isn't mm-hmm. that then a... I'm not saying it's a shift, but it's also a, another experiment. It's somewhere you're trying to get to or be again. Yeah. Correct? Does it yeah, just when, happen to you? When the thing I had a story about is seen as it's not true, in that moment, I now know that that specific story isn't true. So there's nothing to do. I just go, okay. oh, phew. That's, That's just gone. Yeah. And then if I see it again, I know what it is. Versus if I have another story about how I should be merging with the space, that's not seen through yet. Uh, okay. So it's just I another. Got you. Until no, that one is revealed. Until that one is revealed. Ah, yeah. Okay. I'm back That's in some fun. other bullshit story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's great. I think of it as the little, what is that thing? The, the thing we look through, the projectum. Yeah. The, the little childhood. You push the button. Right. And that's your focus now. That's what you can see. You work out when it's gone. You got a new, you got a new yep, picture, I'll, a new image, a new something. Huh? Yeah. And I know, like, that's what's so interesting. I'm like, just from my own experience, like I know I have a thousand stories running right now and mm-hmm. I don't know what they are because I believe them to be 100% true until Grace comes along and shows me, nope. And to me, that's trippy to think it, like, it is trippy. there are it's so many stories in my system right now that I don't even know I'm in because I'm 100% yeah. in it. In. Yeah. Ah, 100% like yeah. believe it to be true, yeah. right? Then how can it be a story? You're living it. You I am mean, in it. it yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yet it is a story. I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> you know? I love that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot to play with right there. Very, very deep. You know, like a story could be about anything. Like when I end this podcast, I'm going to go have dinner. And I 100% believe that's what's about to happen. I don't think it's about to happen. Like, I don't try to believe it. I just know it's going, like, I don't question it. And then until I go downstairs and there's no dinner on the table, I'm like, what the F? <laughs> Can't you see I've been on the call? <laughs> Have you not made dinner? <laughs> right? And then, so it's, and that might not be the best example, but the story on the level that I'm talking about are these unconscious concepts about life that are just running. Like, they're just yeah. running and running and running and going and going and going and it's, and it's 
until something challenges your belief or your story, you don't know you're in one because you, it's just what it is. Like see through, like you don't know it. Exactly. Until you brought up that, that, the dinner story. I was like, what does actually does she mean by story? And then you're like, the dinner's downstairs. And I was like, yeah, that is a story. Cause you don't even know you're in it. <laughs> and so, tale. and this is before I would have all of this way to describe stuff to myself. So a long time ago when I was dating this guy, he was always late. And my story was, oh, he's late today because he's getting me flowers. (laughs) And I believed that story 100%. Like nothing in me was like, I'm a gem. Maybe he's not getting you flowers. (laughs) But I, nothing in me did that. I'm like, he's late because he's getting me flowers. That's why. And then he'd show up late with no flowers. And I'd be like, (laughs) yeah. And that's a story. There was a story running. Right. But I believed it 100 percent and which made me more upset that not only is he late, but he didn't do the thing that my story said he should have done. So you just totally set him up. (laughs) Yeah, I totally set him up. That's perfect. That's what we do to most people. (laughs) Exactly. Expectations. Exactly. And they don't live to our expectations. How dare they? Exactly. How dare you not show up with flowers? Because I thought you should because you're late. And that would be the only reason that you ever should be late is that you're getting me flowers. (laughs) And so years later, you know, now I'll look back at that experience and go, oh, man, I was in a massive story about this guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, Michael, when you show up late, bring flowers. <laughs> <laughs> you were right, Abu Jam. He was right. getting flowers. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's kind of, it's like, I think awareness can be a double-edged sword because then you create a story from it instantaneously, right? Like, okay, so now I am aware that I have story, right? And then I'll take that awareness and then create another story from that. To replace that story. To replace that one, yeah. Well, and part of it is living. Part of it is survival. Like when you walk down a street, you have stories because you know how to read people and it's keeping you alive, right? We can't be this amorphous bee, you know, just... Be in the middle of an intersection. I am one. You know, you you, got to keep moving. There are rules. Um, So it is a dance, right? I don't want us to demonize it completely because we, you know. I think it's all of it is, isn't it? Yeah. All of it is. But isn't your story? Because that's how we live, right? I mean, how could we live without a story? So isn't your story your vibrational match then? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's all your thoughts creating a reality. Yeah. And then we change our stories if they're not benefiting us or if they're hurting us or if we're bored with them, right? And that's how we create a new future, yeah. which mm-hmm. creates, what What does it create? Our future? That's the present. Blowing <laughs> <laughs> our that'll mind be, That'll be the next visit with uh, Ambuja. <laughs> well, and that's what's interesting, right? So something shows up in your life and you didn't know you were running that energy, that vibration. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so we, we thank the divine. We thank synchronicity. And all the angels us, and what have you, time. but it's us. Yeah, it's the us whole time we, yeah. we set that to, yeah. to project back to us. Well, and that's how we have this fictitious control over the future and everything. If you want control over the future, take hold of your vibration every single yeah, second. Right now. Yeah. Right now. And keep it. Keep it going. <laughs> keep checking in throughout the day. Are you vibrating at that future you want to be at? Every second. Guess mm-hmm. what? That's asking a lot of story, right? That's her story. Yeah, that's my story. <laughs> I've created a monster. <laughs> I'll check in every time, but you know, every second. <laughs> I think that's one of the hardest things as a human to be 100% responsible for your life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Well, we're not taught that from day one. We're, God's we're doing that, it. Right. Everybody else is doing somebody it. Somebody else is doing it. Exactly. Um, when I was little, I used to have dreams that would come true. That's how my gifts started turning on. And they weren't like, none of them were positive, all mm-hmm. negative. So I had a dream that my next door neighbor had a heart attack and he did the next day. Stuff like that. Okay. It was not positive. Wow. So my parents brought me to therapy and the therapist is like, you cannot make things happen. And I'm like, yes, I can. <laughs> Because I dream it. Little Jam, like, yeah. <laughs> Challenge I, accepted. Should I tell you what's happening to you tomorrow? <laughs> and I felt like in my body, like the therapist kept saying, you know, because I'm traumatized, right? Because I think I, cr- I, I caused my next door neighbor to have a heart attack. 
right? Because no. my dream made it happen. Like it caused it, right? So that was my, my trauma. And the therapist kept saying, you can't make anything happen. You can't make anything happen. And I'm like, yeah, but, and that just didn't sound right to me. Like my little body knew, mm. and maybe I didn't, my dream did not make my neighbor have that experience. But you can't tell me I don't make things happen. Like that just felt wrong. And I didn't know yeah. why it felt wrong. I just knew like we're, we create our reality. That and I just, age, you knew that. Like, it just That's something amazing. was like, this lady isn't right. And yet I had to accept that she was right because I was in trauma. I had to accept that my dreams can't make stuff happen. And then I would have to counsel myself. I remember sitting there like being little and trying to counsel myself out of my trauma to be like, this therapist doesn't feel like what she's saying is 100% true. Let's say if I had words, you know, I just putting words to it now. <clears throat> And yet I have to accept what she's telling me because she's the adult. Like mm -hmm. I have to override my knowing and accept this so I can survive. Because if I do not accept what she's saying, I am going to be this tumbling kid in space. Mm -hmm. I won't have any anchor, Absolutely. right? Nothing. You wouldn't want to think. You wouldn't want to think anything. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do anything. And I think where we create from is just so deep that we just don't, you know, we're not 100% conscious of it. Like, we're more conscious now of our thoughts to go, oh, wait a minute, I just had this thought, do I, like, I don't want to think that thought, or I don't want to give yeah. that energy, let's exactly. say, right? Where before we didn't have that consciousness, we just believed our thoughts, mm -hmm. like, 100%. <clears throat> but I don't know why I have to tell that story. I just feel like somebody needs to hear that story about when I was little, and I had to override my knowing, and yet my knowing, it's not like it was black and white. Like, I didn't say to myself, I didn't make my my next door neighbor have a heart attack. My dreams can't do that. And yet I'm a creator because then that wouldn't make sense to me. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had to find a way to be like, did I create him to have a heart attack or did I just pull that information from somewhere? That makes sense. And I was like, Mrah! like I couldn't <laughs> figure it out, you know, and I had to trust this really quiet spot in me. Like, no, even though I, I succumbed to the adults, that spot never went away. Like I create, I'm a creator. I'm a creator. I'm a creator. And I didn't know what that meant, but the therapist just felt wrong mm -hmm. to me, you know? And yet I, nor did my dream make that happen either. And yet I'm a creator too. So it's like holding it all, right? How do you hold it all? And it's funny as children, we feel it. We feel yeah. it. We can't give words to it. We feel it. And just imagine if you had gotten a different therapist who could teach you about mm -hmm. intuition and where your responsibility lies and doesn't lie. And, what a gift mm. that your dreams mm. like, gosh, it's just, it's, it's too but then, bad. But then it's she also wouldn't have that little... story to talk about right now. That, yeah. <laughs> that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just, there's, there's no accidents. It's such a neat thing. Or it's like, you knew your truth back then, <laughs> but it wasn't the time and you didn't fully right. understand it. And so like the space held that always in you that you were a creator until yep. your, like your mindset, your, your growth caught up with it and mm -hmm. then picked it right back up because it was never gone. And then now you understand it, which is now hopefully so. help. Like you say, your, sto <laughs> yeah. your story helping others to understand that just because you're not accepting it the way you accept it now doesn't mean it's wrong then in that right. space. And it's exciting, really, to see, to be able to reflect back on that triggering at that moment that you had such insight and you couldn't explain it. You didn't even know why. It was just something deep mm -hmm. in your soul and your, and yourself. And you knew something, but didn't understand it. So it kind of makes me think, think of all the times where we have those sparks and we know things mm. and we, and we hold strong on it, but we don't mm. understand it. And that's probably our whole existence mm. on earth, right? We get whims of little bits mm -hmm. of truth and mm -hmm. we don't know why we're here. We don't know the, the, the end all game, you know, the rules. And we're carrying these little seeds that I guess will be growth throughout our life. It's exciting that way. You know, and that goes right back if we're going to full circle to our dark miracles, because we could see that mm -hmm. that was a negative thing that therapist maybe led you to believe, mm -hmm. but yet it was a gift. Yeah. In this moment. And, yeah. And in the moment, it didn't feel like right. it. I just wanted somebody to believe me and help me and guide yes. me. But yet, you know, exactly. It was what it, you know, it took me years mm -hmm. to, and then later on as an adult in my thirties, I would be in this healing class. And it would still come up, not that specific thing, but I'd be like, oh my God, I created this thing, bad thing to happen. And I'm like, did I though? Interesting. <laughs> but did I like, what? And I, I've had these moments when I was in that void of just nothingness where 
I would have this experience for only a split second because I couldn't hold it that I am like the one or I am creator, I am source because I have to put words to it so it sounds stupid. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I would have this moment of like, oh my God, I'm this and I can change the entire world by one realization. And it freaked me out so much that wow. I, I couldn't hold it. Because yeah. if I'm the, if I'm, if I'm the one in this, and you're all me and I have one realization, how does it not affect you? Right. And it was so profound and it was so deep, but I couldn't hold it because it, I got freaked out and it's all connected to like me being little and feeling like, oh my God, I can't, I can't be that responsible for something. Right. It's like the concept comes in so fast to yeah. save me basically. Right. To try to save me, I should say, of can't just be that surrendered. Maybe right? we as humans don't have the capacity to hold it, you know, right? And maybe who knows what the reason would be for it. But if we all have glimpses of it, how exciting is that mm-hmm. in each one of us? And then you, you keep trying to get to it, hold it, right. rein it in, right? Maybe again. it gets longer, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe but, it's like a gun with the safety on. You know, it's like, it's so potent. We have to be, right. you have to keep developing and developing. Yeah. And maybe when you get to the point where you can actually hold that concept, you realize you can just be in that space. You actually don't want to define yeah. anything for anybody mm-hmm. else because mm-hmm. you you let people come to the realization in their own time. And that's maybe why, you know, we always wonder why don't the angels intervene? And it's right. Because it's, it's, you know. You're, you're testing the cake to see if it's done yet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes the <laughs> angels need to let us test the cake on our own. Because yeah. if they intervened, let's say, and said, yep, it's done, how would we know it's done? Exactly. Yeah. We never would. So maybe that glimpse of this is the true power is just showing you where you're heading. But if you're thinking you're making a cake and you're really making cookies. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm so hungry now. Um. <laughs> All right, ladies. Thank you, Amajam, for coming Thank on. Thank you guys so much. What a it's pleasure. Beautiful you for sharing your time. Pleasure. Thank All right. you. Well, we'd like to thank the listeners for tuning into the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. We hope you're able to find the healing magic within. Thank you for listening to us on the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. Remember, when we open ourselves to healing, we positively affect our environment. This podcast represents the opinion of the three intuitive healers and their guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical or psychological advice and is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Each person is unique, so please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we share is accurate, no guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made in this podcast.